Hey, welcome back to Bobblehead Podcast. Is uh, we go into episode two of our um, kind of offshoot series of um, barbecued meats, and this time we jump into the tools of the trade. And you talk about a highly controversial subject. Um, Tim and I, we use different methods and, and different types of cookers. We are equally as passionate about it, and Tim is equally as wrong as he could possibly be. I'm excited for you guys to hear why he's wrong, and I'm glad you're here. Let's get started. And they had knives, stainless steel, heavy-duty knives welded into that post. And so they would just jump all the pork butt and they would strip out the bone, dump all the pork butt into five-gallon buckets and just, it was three times, and shredded. Shredded. Wow. Yeah, because before you'd have to you know, put gloves on, just by hand. Like, and You'll burn yourself. Man. Yeah, it just took forever. But yeah, they said they could knock out, they would feed 1,000 people. That's crazy. Yeah. In a different style with the rotisserie, but like a, a tool like that will certainly save your life. Oh yeah, I'm sure. And a lot of time. Yeah. Okay, so if we're gonna we're actually gonna jump into the grill thing, the rating of the grills, since we're on this these topics. So it'll be interesting to see how people like this. Or don't. Or don't. You never know. I know. I know. I guess we're gonna get a cross section of our like demographic. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're true. If, if it's a bunch of we'll middle aged yeah, white for dudes sure. and, and they're gonna be like, Oh my god, this is the best thing ever. There'll be a thousand downloads. <laughs> yeah. All right, so you ready for us? Oh, we are. We're recording, Dad. Yeah, we're already minutes in. She's actually she's, in. Like, she, she's gonna give us the five minute thing in like two minutes. And be like, <laughs> just shut up on this. <laughs> okay, so um, we just finished doing a podcast on uh, on different our three favorite meats, and we rated those according to uh, difficulty and taste, yeah. right? And I think the three meats we did were pork butt, pork shoulder, slash. Um, we did brisket and we did uh, beef ribs, beef ribs, right? Yeah. And so we, a little bit of the conversation. The reason we're doing this one now is conversation we got into. Really wanted to dive in, didn't have time. Was on what do you cook these things, right? So what kind of smoker do you use, and and what are your favorites? And and uh, you know, you and I cook on very different styles, but we'll we'll talk about those, and we'll also talk about maybe even other, you know other types of, of smokers that have worked really well in the past um, that I've known of that I've used, but don't now. So let's, let's dive into this and, and uh, get perspective on it. And for those that are listening and you know, we'd love to get, you know, your feedback into what you use, if you do that and what you like and why um, maybe there's some that we've never heard of. We'd love to we'd love to hear that perspective. And, you know, it, it's kind of also, this is kind of like a, when you get into this, it's a little touchy. It's a little personal. Yeah, it really right? is. Yeah. I mean, there've been there've been knockdown, you know, <laughs> drag, drag out, out fights. fights over stuff like this. So um, I've won every we'll, one of them too. We'll see, we'll see how this <laughs> we'll see how this turns out. But uh, you know, that's one thing about guys and and girls that that barbecue. Man, it's uh, it's very personal, and they really are defensive about what they use. Mm -hmm. So let's jump in. Yeah. So I think let's start with with the big green egg. Because that's near. Why are you? Why, why are you smiling like that? I just and, and I and Mike's just you know Mike got one too. Our VP of Sales mm -hmm. and he and I just battle it out over this thing. But you know I, I I joke about it, but I'm actually very very envious of the simplicity and the consistency that those those ceramic cookers offer. Here's the thing. Here's my take on it. If there's guys like you who are really into like really work hard at this and you really enjoy it's an art. Let's just call it what it is. It's not cooking. It's an art form, right? Yeah. And then there's a, a the, those of us that, man, we just want to get it. We just want a good output, right? 
I'm whatever the least amount of effort to put into it to get something awesome out. That's where I'm at. Yeah. Just, just be honest. That's where I'm at. Um, I don't mind prepping. I don't mind doing extra stuff to prep. Like, like when it comes to turkeys and, and smoking turkeys, man, I'll prep for two days on a turkey because you have to brine it. You have to do all this stuff, inject it. it takes forever, but I don't mind doing that as long as the cooking part is easy. Yeah. Right. And that's the thing I love about the egg is it's for the most part, it's pretty simple. It's as long as you have your, you get your fire started, right. And you get, you know, your plates or however else, you know, depending on what you're cooking set, right. Um, man, it's just, they regulate temperature really well. No one but temperature can cook it on. They regulate temperature really well, especially when it comes to people like me who use the cheater computer thing. Um, and it's going to turn out good. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, talk me through cause I've, I've never, I've never cooked on one. Have you not? No, I've, I've eaten plenty of stuff that was cooked on them, but I've yeah. never set one up to, 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 to cook on. Yeah. So, so talk, talk me through that. So n- number one, it uses lump charcoal, right? Which you can get lump charcoal just, right. which by the way, I did find, I've always used kind of either green egg or something like that kind of lump charcoal where I you get that stuff at the, for us in Rock was the pool stop for me. Right. But, um, pool stop wasn't open one morning and I had to, I'd forgotten it the night before. And I went to, uh, Academy mm-hmm. and they have like premium lump charcoal game changer. Like B and B where, where have I, I don't know what it was. I've got, I've got two different kinds. I'm like, where has this been all my life? It's bigger lump charcoal, but man, it cooks so much cleaner and it lasts cooks, longer. It lasts longer and it's consistent. It yeah. doesn't, fire up and down. So, so anyway, with that being said, I, I inside of, so if, if you haven't seen a green egg, what it is, it's a big ceramic egg looking thing, right? And about two thirds of the way up, it hinges at the top. And so at the bottom of that, um, there's a little, I guess, kind of a rectangular area where you can slide back and forth this little stainless steel slider. And what that does is let air into the bottom of the thing. Yeah. A dampener, a dampener. Thank you. And so at the top, you have this little circular thing that fits on the top. There's a hole in the top of the egg and you fill the top and it's a dampener at the top. So you have a dampener at the bottom, you have a dampener at the top. And what that does is allow you to regulate how much air comes through it and out. And that will determine what temperature it's at. Um, Right in the center, um, there's a a thermostat, thermometer, and it's, it's, sometimes off 10, 15 degrees, right. but it's there. And the cool thing about an egg that I like is that you can do just about anything on it. Everything from like I, we were talking about uh, briskets, you know, I'll cook a brisket at, at two fifteen. but at the same time we use it for pizzas or eggs. I mean, pizzas or eggs, pizzas or steaks or whatever. And I'll get that thing up to 600 degrees, 650 yeah. degrees. And that's something you can't do with no. a lot of things. And, uh, and man, that's, that's pretty handy, but that, and it does get hot. So with that, you almost have to burp it, right? Isn't there a method where you have to kind of like, I literally, if I've been cooking it for a little bit, especially if I got that much heat, always burp it. Cause what happens is you go to open it and all of a sudden this oxygen comes in and man, it just, it will, it will blow up on you. Like you'd done a bad job of pouring, you know, diesel or something or gas (laughs) or on a, on a, on a bonfire and then getting too close to it. Just woof. So it can, I've burned my eyelashes more than once. Yeah. Yeah. That. I've heard, I've heard that about them, you know, and, and it's so interesting for me because again, it, it's what makes cooks different and cookers different is where the heat source comes from. Mm-hmm. And on an egg, there's no, there's no, it's not diffusing. It has no. to come from 
it goes from the bottom to the top. And the only the, way is there out. not a plate that, that causes the diffusion of the heat to where it's a little bit like it kind of simulates an indirect? Yeah. So there's a and, and you can you know different things you use it with and different things you don't. If you don't want direct flames, um, then yeah, use it. It's it's a big like a clay diffuser. It looks okay. like a kind of big triangle. It sets in there at a certain height. It's got a setting in there for it. And you can turn it up or down depending on how much, how far you are away from the from the, the fire. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, that I use that for just about everything though because I don't like that direct heat. I like it diffusing around the outside. Yeah, and they're they're incredibly versatile in that regard because to your point, and we'll talk about some of the other ones here in a minute, you know, they're like an offset cooker is used for smoking and that's it. And yep. that, you know, uh, Pellet grills are a little bit different, but again, they don't get, they generally don't get hot enough to do yeah. searing your steaks or something like that. 500 is about as high as the pellet grills will get. Yeah. And a lot of, a lot of them will have a hard time even getting to yeah. 350 or something like that. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I, I was, I do joke around with you and Mike a lot, but I've always been impressed with the consistency of the temperatures of those things too. Yeah. You set that thing at 250. How long will it stay at 250 without you even touching it? Um, without my, even that little computer thing, which we'll talk right, about in a minute. Yeah. So I, I can set it at 220, 250, and I've had it. 16 hours before that's crazy depending on what kind of how much charcoal I put in it i've gone 16 hours at 250 and, and it not buried more than three degrees and just literally not touched it that's crazy it's, tell, so tell me about that computer yeah i'm it's <laughs> cheater it's cheating so here's here's where it stemmed from the i think i talked in the the previous podcast i tried to screw up a brisket and and i thought i did and it turned out to be one of the best ones i ever made and what happened was i didn't put enough lump charcoal in it was the first one i ever done so i was afraid to put too much in it and my fire went out like two or three in the morning i went outside and it was like man it's like 160 what's going on and sure enough that didn't it lump charcoal was gone and so i took the brisket off started the fire again got it going got it up to temp put the brisket back on it actually turned out the best brisket I ever made i don't know why but it did Who so knows, yeah. with that being said i'm like i need to find something that can regulate this better and so um, it's it's literally a you know I have the older style I think the one they have one now that's like Bluetooth and like yeah, you can Mike see it on your one. phone and all that sort of thing which that's awesome but mine literally has different so it's got a probe for the meat it's got a probe for the the grill with a grate to really measure what's the true temperature because when you have that that plate on it like I talked about you kind of have to set it over the plate so that you're not getting the direct heat so you get a real feel for how high is it really okay. inside there, right? And then you have this little bitty blower. It's like more like a puffer. And it fits um, in that little grate I was telling you about at the bottom of the egg. It has a little, it comes with a little, a little uh, plate that you put in there. And so it seals off all the air. And the only air that can get in at the bottom is this little puffer. And so as it's measuring what the temperature is inside the egg, it literally will puff air into the bottom to get it up to that temp. And then once it gets there, it just holds it. So it'll, it'll literally hold it, hold it from getting more air and until it's stable. And if it starts to fall off, it'll puff a little bit. Huh. And man, I'm telling you that thing will be, I don't worry about it. It's dead set one degree off at most for 15, 16 hours. I mean, you don't touch it. You just put it on there and let it go. And I'll, and the, the I don't hear that thing until I've got the the probe and the meat set at like 190. And when that thing goes off, I know it's done. That's crazy. It's really cheating. What, which one I'd, I'd go back to, it's, it's I enjoy it, I set it, it's what? 
Controlling airflow. Yeah. It, which yeah. is the trickiest thing about, about it, cooking anything is controlling the airflow. Because airflow regulates temperature. Yeah. Absolutely it is. So, that, I, yeah, I cheat. I'm a cheater. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but it, it turns out good. Yeah, smarter, not harder. And there, yeah, right. And and there and there's there's several types. You know, I talked about the green egg, but there's all there's probably four or five Komodo different. Joe or Komodo yeah, or, Komodo yeah, there's, Joes, there's and, and, and it's all the same concept, right? It's right. all comes from a, a ceramic base, and, and and what I like about it is it holds the moisture in, and so you know I'm not blowing moisture out the top. It it you know where you're where the the smoke escapes is very small. And you don't get a lot of escaping, the heat escaping, right? Yeah. And so by doing that, it keeps the moisture in there. And like when I make a brisket, I'll, I'll put, you know, the, I put the, the plate down and then I'll put like a, um, a, an aluminum foil type, you know, where those. Uh, like a disposable tin. Yeah, a little disposable tin. And I'll put water and yeah. I'll put, you know, other stuff in there, fruits or something like, like apple or whatever. And then you put the grate on top of that. So the whole time it's boiling that water. Mm -hmm. And, but I'll go, man, I'll go 15 hours and there's still a bit of water left in there. Well, and, and, and that's, you know, the water's smart because humid air is more stable than dry air. Mm -hmm. And so for temperature control, and this is on an offset cooker too, mm -hmm. those, those water, those water chambers help because it'll help stabilize the air inside of the cooker and, uh, and, and help regulate um, temperature consistency better. I knew that. That's why yeah. I did it. It's kind of cool. It's or not. beer. I mean, anything works. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which by the way, you ever made beer butt chicken? Oh yeah, maybe, maybe one of my favorite things. We didn't talk about that with the meats, but beer butt chicken is just fantastic. Yeah, and the good thing is you get to get all the chemicals from the beer can that are infusing into the chicken too. So well, that's part of it is that aluminum that aluminum taste gives it an extra little tinny flavor. I like that. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so that's that's the green egg. So over to you now. So let's talk about offset. Oh man, the offset cooker. You know these are. You talk about there's two different there's scalpels and sledgehammers. Yeah. And smarter, not harder. And you have to work so much harder just to, to get a consistent product from an offset cooker. They're just big chunks of metal, right? Mm. And you can buy one for $300 or you can spend $30,000 on them. Mm. I mean, it's all based on the size. It's based on the, the, the thickness of the steel and the grade of the steel and how well sealed, you know, it, it all is, but you know, offset cooker is just that there's the cooking chamber, like we talked about in the last episode. And then there's where, where you, you have the, the heat source, right? Mm. For me, I always started with charcoal. Same thing is it's, I used to ju just do pure post oak, but the problem is in the summertime in Texas, it can get humid. Mm -hmm. And the more humid it is, the harder it's going to be to, to, to light an initial fire and keep it lit just because the moisture inside of the wood. And mm -hmm. you know, the, Cleanliness of the smoke, which is regulated by the airflow, is the most important thing on an offset cooker. If if it's you you see an, you see one and it's belching gray smoke and it's super mm -hmm. thick and kind of pouring out from everywhere, the meat's going to be bitter. It's going to be mm -hmm. it's going to be almost acrid, right. right? What you want is that thin blue line of smoke coming up out of the smokestack, and that's all driven by the 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 amount of airflow and the quality of the of the fire that you have. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's, that's pretty much the basis for it all. And again, it flows through and then depending on the way that the rig is set up, the heat will either come across the bottom and circle back around to the top, or it'll hit an exchanger and come over the top of the meat. So it'll, it'll, it provides the heat from the top down. Right. Um, and then again, it passes out through the cook chamber. Um, you know, the problem is that depending on the size of the cook chamber that you have, I will get a hundred degree variance from the heat exchanger to where, to where it, it, it exits out of, wow. out of the, um, yeah. out of the stack. Because again, it's, it's just heat and heat dissipates and, you know, metal and depending on how much food you have on the cooker and what the temperature is um, inside of the, what the temperature of the meat is, you will get some severe heat dissipation. So 
they're not easy. They're not efficient. And mm-hmm. I don't know of, of an, any computer that helps, but in terms of the quality of the product mm-hmm. and the, 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 the outcome of the product, if you do it the right way to mm-hmm. me, nothing, nothing competes with, with a wood cooker. When there, and, um, I don't know if you've, I think I've told you about it before, that thing called Masterclass, mm-hmm. which you go, it's a kind yeah. of, it's a annual. Yeah, Franklin did one. Franklin did one that. Mm-hmm. And the level of detail that he goes through about an offset of how to make, how to pick the wood and how to make the fire. He's like, the most important thing is, is how to make the fire and make it where it'll be consistent. And the way he stacks the logs mm-hmm. in there, it's it took airflow. him like five to six years to figure it out. It's hundred percent airflow. Yeah. It's the way that the, in I can look outside and I can look at my, a lot of times I can just look at my, my, my temperature probe and be like, it's, it's, it's choked off and I'll look out and I'll see gray smoke. And I, I just, I know that I need more airflow. Yeah. And you know, you talk about the consistency provided by a, a big green egg. You don't get any of that with a wood. Yeah. So, so is there, is there a, is there a knob or some kind of a vent that lets more airflow in? Yeah. You can determine so that. Typically you'll have one at the, like in the, um, the fire chamber. Mm-hmm. And then you'll have one like a dampener on the top of the smokestack. Right. And I really don't mess with the 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 one that goes into the 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 fire chamber much. For me, it's all regulation of the dampener at the top of the smokestack. Because right. again, that's less oxygen flowing through. The less mm-hmm. oxygen flowing through chokes off the temperature more. Mm-hmm. But again, you have to be very very careful because it will it, it, it lack of oxygen to the wood, and then it'll start to choke it off. Yeah. But the more closed off the dampener is, the more even temperature consistency you get across the cook chamber. Yeah. So yeah. if I'm if I'm closed halfway, I know that it's going to be about half the temperature variance from from exchanger to smokestack. Yeah. But again, it, it's just a compromise of making sure that you can run a nice a nice clean fire. So on a on a when you're let's, say, let's for instance let's say you're cooking a uh, brisket, how many times do you add add wood to the fire? Oh man. On average. Um, at least twice an hour. Mm. I would say. Mm. Wow. That's a lot of work. Now, is it in, in, let's base it on a summer day. Yeah. You know, probably once every 45 minutes, at least 30 to 45 minutes. Yeah. Because again, you don't want to add too big, too, too much, because then you're having to dampen it down too much and that can cause just all kinds of issues. So typically for me, you know, I feed logs that are, I don't know, inch, inch and a half across Mm -hmm. and I'll put them across the, again, a a charcoal base Mm -hmm. and I'll even do in those things probably once or maybe even twice, depending on how long I'm cooking. I'll take a, a charcoal chimney and put fresh charcoal in there just because it helps temperature regulation better. Okay. I know some guys, they do nothing but but wood, but mm-hmm. charcoal's cheaper. Yeah. And you, you're only looking for so much wood flavor anyway. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's a balance of charcoal and okay. wood. Makes sense. Yeah. And, and again, there's there's a thousand different yeah. types of cookers. Mm-hmm. you know. But for me, it's just offset. Learn, learn to control the fire. Yeah. Learn to love the process. And I think that's, to me, that's what it seems like is if you really enjoy the process, man, offsets the way to go. And I do. You have to embrace it. You have to understand that you're going to work your butt off. You have to understand that at the end of the day, like your throat's going to be a little bit swollen. Your eyes are going to be a little bit swollen from, from, from the smoke. But again, in terms of an end product, it's, there's a reason that all the best brisket in the world is cooked on an offset smoker. Okay. Yeah. I'll believe you. Fight me. Um, (laughs) So so you'll go go to another, another direction. Yeah. So um, pellets, right? So I, I have a pellet cooker, a Traeger, and there's a bunch of different pellet grills. Um, the things that I like about it is that it's very automated. It's like completely electronic. Everything I've talked about in the egg is built into the Traeger. So literally on the right, you have this big metal container. You hopper. dump, yeah. it's a hopper, yeah. and you dump these pellets that aren't, they're really pretty cheap. They're just little bitty 
wood pellets. Yeah, it's it's, it's basically you, they take the wood and take it out of sawdust and compress the sawdust into exactly, pellets. Yeah. Exactly. And um, so you, you fill this thing up, and, and so you just tell it, hey, I want this thing to be at 215, and I want my meat to be at this, and it cranks up and starch, and you put the meat on there and close it, and it just is dead on. Um, it works different in that, at least the, the Traeger that I have, it, it, it burns the pellets at the bottom. Like bottom center of the Bottom chamber, center right? of the chamber, and it kind of dissipates the heat up. Um, and it comes out the side or whatever. But it, it, there's not a big stack on it, right? Yeah. And the, the wood burns super clean, super clean. But it's very different. The heat's different. It, it's not as, it doesn't stay as moist as it does with my egg. And so I have to cook it different. I've learned to do things a little different with it. Um, I don't know. It, it's uh, I, I know a lot of people swear by them, and I've got a lot of buddies that that use it that swear by them. And and I think you just have to get a feel for it. Um, I do know this that man, they do a great job. Traeger does, and I'm sure there's others do, of giving you recipes on mm-hmm. exactly how to cook it with the Traeger. And if you'll follow their recipes, it always works out better than. If you just follow one, I remember I looked at, there was a YouTube of the, the bearded butchers. Have you ever seen, yeah. I think I sent you that one time and they, they literally take a Traeger and a green egg and you know, they're butchers. So they cook the same exact, I mean, they took exactly the same, uh, sides of meat and you know, they trim the fat off the one that goes to the Traeger and left the fat on the one that went in the green egg and, and they cooked them the exact same temperature, exactly the same times. And they came out and they were talking about the differences and there's definitely a difference in the way the meats reacted, the way they cooked. They were both really good, but they were just different. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and with something like a Traeger, you know, there's that fire pot and it feeds it down into the fire pot and it cooks. Mm-hmm. You're getting some direct heat. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I think people don't realize with, with those types of cookers is, you know, for me with a brisket, I would do fat side down on a Traeger all day long because you will get some of that direct heat. And a lot of times people use that fat cap to protect the meat source, right? Put the fat between yeah. the heat and the meat. Or I've also seen techniques where they'll rotate it halfway through. Because again, like you, it, too much direct heat on a brisket, mm-hmm. too much direct heat on anything mm-hmm. is gonna turn it into barbecue as opposed yeah. to like, you know, a, a smoke product. Right, and my, see mine doesn't have that. Mine has a, a, a thing that goes over a the diffuser. top of it. it it's yeah. like a, it's a diffuser, it's kind of an angle. So whatever drips down, it actually drips the fatting and everything else down to this little bucket on the outside. Okay. So there's not, there's an, um, and, and my, they may be just mine, but. Yeah. It doesn't have any direct feet. So um, anyway, so that's that's a Traeger. That's a, it's. Yeah, in, in pellet grills, again, are no, another one of those things where you can get, you know, a Traeger for, you know, three, four, five hundred bucks. And you can get, um, you know, like Pit Boss and yeah. Rec Tech and even Traeger. They make some that are three, four, five thousand yeah. dollars a piece. And they're yeah. huge, but technologically just superior. Yeah. I mean, it, it kind of is the best of uh, offset meets the best of a, of a, um, and, and, a, and the beauty is there's, no, there's very little waste, right. right? They just burn themselves out. There's not a whole lot of ash. You do have to be careful cleaning them though, right? Don't you have to make sure that you clean the, the where where the, the fire pot is? Because I know you can cause them to literally blow up yeah. if, if you're not careful on how yeah. you clean them. Yeah. Um, and uh, and anyway, that, that's, that's that. So we'll, we'll move on to another one that when I grew up, my dad had an electric smoker. Hmm. Ever seen those? I have, yeah. And, and so you had little chips that you bought. And you put those down the bottom. Actually, you put water and then chips on top of that or vice versa. And then it's got a grill thing. You could cook like three layers. And this was a big cylinder. You plug it in and tell it what your temperature is. It was a big cylinder. And you could lay like maybe three different levels of meat in there. Mm-hmm. 
and just put the top on it and man it would smoke those things all day like master built i think was the was the brand i don't remember what it was like i just that. remember yeah. he he wanted off some deal or something and man we had that thing forever and it didn't take up much room and that thing worked really really See, I've, good. I have, i've seen them i've had food off of them i have no experience working with them so you think about it, it's like an oven right it, yeah. you, with it because it's electric you it can really it, yeah. i mean you can really control that temperature perfectly it's interesting yeah and it works really well so you know those are ones that you know, a lot of people kind of poopoo on them because they're not fire, right? Yeah. But man, they they work really well. And that that those chips you put in there, they get hot and they smoke just like a smoker, and you can't tell much the difference between the two. That's interesting. And and I think you know for for time, I'll bring up another one really quick, and that's like the the Weber kettle. You know, a mm -hmm. lot of people have a, a Weber, and they mm -hmm. don't think of, they think of it in terms of of a grill, but there's mm -hmm. a way that you can set it up indirect heat with what's called the snake method. And you set up your coals and you do wood chips or wood chunks throughout mm -hmm. the snake method. And as it burns its way through, mm -hmm. you can put a barrier to where the brisket's on one side, the heat's on the other, and it actually turns it into an indirect cooker. And so, mm -hmm. you know, I say all that, you don't have to spend a thousand dollars to have, to have, to be able to make quality brisket or quality, you know, pork butter, whatever. Right. You just have to understand the, the, the method, right. right? Because you can turn a, $200 Weber kettle into a pretty good brisket making machine. One of my, one of my uh, friends in high school had a restaurant in upstate New York. I mean, I told you about him and um, we went outside and he goes, cause he, he was, he was smoking salmon. And, and if you think of a smoked salmon, you don't cook salmon. Yeah, it's it, 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 yeah. literally cold smoke it. And he had set up two, like you weren't even Weber's. They were like Walmart specials. Right. And he had heat in one side, kind of a, and he had literally a, a, a tube, a PVC tube that went over and it had, he had another one over there and he had drilled holes in both of them. And so he figured out how to keep the heat from going over there, but the smoke went over there. And so he would in the, in the one that didn't have the fire in it, he literally had ice in the bottom and he would huh. put, he would put the, uh, the salmon on the grill, but it was really a grill. What even the grill? He had something on top of the grill. He put them on and all it did was it would feed over smoke to the salmon and then go out and so you could like he had it running and it was like very little heat at all coming over on the other side but it would smoke them and people do that with cheese too like cold smoked cheeses or, or so fish or, good that's some good old sulfur springs ingenuity there buddy. it is it is i'm, I'm gonna thank you <laughs> i'm gonna finish with this whatever you do whatever you do if you're listening to this do not try to cook these things on a gas grill Whatever you do, I don't care. They're going to tell you you can. You're going to read stuff about you can. Don't. It is. It will never turn out. I say never. There may be some magicians out there, but just don't. I mean, I, I have a, a gas grill at my house I use for quick, for chicken and stuff for quick. Um, I hardly ever use it, but I do have it. And I'll admit, it is easy to turn on. You get instant heat. For that, it's great. Hamburgers, it's great. Just don't do it. But anything else, man. Just I can think of all don't. types of derogative analogies that I would that I could and would normally use in this, but because it's family friendly podcast, I'm just going to stick and echo your theme that uh, yeah. just don't, just don't, just don't. Yeah, I agree. Well, this has been good. Yeah, it's been what it is. Um, hey, once again, um, if you have opinions about this, we'd love to hear them and uh, tell us what you use and what you like, and tell Davin why he's wrong. That'd be great. <laughs> Till next time. Till next time. Thanks. <laughs>